Good evening and welcome to Stony Creek United Methodist Church. For those of you joining us via our drive-in, if you could give us a couple car honks so we know you can hear us okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. And welcome to those of you joining us via Facebook Live or our call-in number. Uh, before we begin with tonight's service, a uh, couple of quick uh, announcements. Uh, one uh, Good Friday service will be at Clinton United Methodist at 7 o'clock tomorrow. It will also be uh, drive-in format. Uh, so if you are uh, interested in able, um, head out that way uh, tomorrow evening. Um, and then, Barb, did you have some stuff to mention about Sunday? I sure do. Um, okay, so excited. Oh, this is going to be so great. You people, you got to get excited. This is fantastic, and we're ready for it. Um, Sunday, if you have children, your grandchildren, grab the kid from next door. We're going to have activities for not only the children, but also for the adults following the service. We're going to have tables out in front of the church with goodie bags for the little ones to keep them occupied, probably for five minutes while uh, we do the beginning of the service. Uh, we'll have a snack of water and uh, pretzels. And then at a certain point, there will be a note in your bulletin about the children's message, the youth message. And the children can come in to the narthex area, and Reverend Michael will do their little message to them. And then we're going to take them out to the pavilion so they can play. Uh, we'll have various toys out there, Play-Doh, bubbles, all kinds of things that they can play. And then um, after the service, we'll bring the children back out. And rumor has it that there's going to be a special appearance by a special character. But I can't tell you who. I'm not a character. No, not, not you. <laughs> Different character. And then we are going to have the egg hunt for the children. But for the adults and the children, there's going to be um, banners set up. And we're going to be doing a book reading was the morning twas Easter morning twas the morning of Easter anyway in your Easter morning and the banners are gorgeous they're just beautiful and they'll be set up out here in the front of the church so we can invite the children as well as the adults to go through the walk that's all I got okay. oh but now we start with the greeting okay in your bulletin let us read responsively the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And also with, with you. you. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Christ, Christ has, has prepared, prepared a, a feast, feast of love. love. Our first song is, O Master, Let Me Walk With Thee.
My sisters and brothers, Christ shows us his love by becoming a humble servant. Let us draw near to God and confess our sin in the truth of God's Spirit. If you would join me in our confession. Most merciful God, we, your church, confess that often our spirit has not been that of Christ, where we have failed to love one another as he loves us, where we have pledged loyalty to him with our lips and then betrayed, deserted, or denied him. Forgive us, we pray, and by your spirit, Make us faithful in every time of trial, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. But Christ suffered and died for us, was raised from the dead, and ascended on high for us, and continues to intercede for us. Believe the good news. In the the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. If you would please join me in our prayer of illumination. God of Exodus and resurrection, you have promised to write your law on our hearts. As we hear the reading of your word, teach us your law of love, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we may show forth the light of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Our first scripture reading for this evening comes from Exodus, chapter 12, verses 1 through 14. The first Passover instituted. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall mark you, for you, the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the tenth of this month, they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year-old male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted over the fire with its heads, head, legs, and inner organs. You shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until morning you shall burn. This is how you shall eat it. Your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord. 
for I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals, on all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 23 through 26, the institution of the Lord's Supper. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The word of people, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And now our, our next hymn is Come Sinners to the Gospel Feast.
Our third reading for tonight comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 1 through 17, and then continuing at verse 31b, which means the second half of verse 31, through verse 35. This first section is titled, Jesus Washes the Disciples' Feet. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put in the heart of Judas's son of Simon Iscariot to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. He then poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, one who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash another's feet. For I have set you an example that you should, or you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the ones who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. The new commandment. Jesus said, now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. If you would please join me again in an attitude of prayer. Almighty, all-merciful God, through Christ Jesus, you have taught us to love one another, to love our neighbors as ourselves, and even to love our enemies. In times of violence and fear, let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts so that we may not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Help us to see each person in the light of love and grace you have shown us in Christ. Put away the nightmares of terror and awaken us to the dawning of your new creation. 
Establish among us a future where peace reigns, justice is done with mercy, and all are reconciled. And now may the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Commandments. There's a bunch of those in the Bible, right? I mean... There's at least 10 that we know of from sure from the 10 commandments that Moses brought to the Israelites from God. But are there more? Well, what about the two new commandments that Jesus gives in the New Testament? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. So just those 12 commandments then, right? Well, not exactly. So just how many are there? Well, I was curious about this as well, so I did some research. And from what I've been able to find, there are a few more than 12. According to biblical scholars, there are 613 commandments in the Old Testament alone. These are typically referred to as the law of Moses or just the law. 613. That's a lot of commandments. What about the New Testament? There's got to be fewer there, right? I mean, Jesus added his two new ones, but the rest of the New Testament, that's just about spreading the gospel, right? Yeah, think again. Again, I went back to my research and found that scholars identify quite a few more than just those two from Jesus that we tend to focus on. How does 1,050 sound? 1,050. There are some potential repetitions in that list, but not enough to get that number below 1,000, most likely. So if we add them all up, we are looking at over 1,600 commandments across the two testaments of Scripture. 1,600. Anybody want to just go back to those first 10 and then Jesus' two additional ones now, maybe? I don't think I could remember 1,600 commandments if my life depended on it, and thankfully it doesn't, or at least not on all 1,600 of them anyway. So why all this talk of commandments? Isn't the primary focus of our passage of Scripture tonight about washing people's feet? Well, as I have said many times throughout my working in God's ministry— There are countless different themes that can be found within the same set of verses within a given passage. And our gospel reading for this evening is no exception to this reality. For example, tonight I could have focused on the act of the foot washing by Jesus and the challenge that he gives his disciples to follow his example towards others. Another option could have been to look at Peter's refusal to let Jesus wash his feet And Jesus responds to him, saying, Unless I wash you, you won't have a place with me. Then there's also the theme of looking at who was at the table with Jesus that night and his responses to them. There was Judas, who he knows will betray him. There was Peter, who will deny Jesus. There were James and John, who will be unable to help keep watch and pray with Jesus in the garden. 
and then the others who will ultimately forsake Jesus in his darkest hour of need. This group has disappointed Jesus time and again, and Jesus doesn't scold them or chastise them or punish them, but instead Jesus gently washes the ugliness of each one. And those are just three potential themes and focuses that could be used for our scripture reading. But tonight, I want to instead talk about commandments, or rather one specifically. Looking back to verses 34 and 35, Jesus says to the disciples, I give you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, so you must love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love each other. Loving each other. That should be fairly simple and straightforward, right? Well, maybe or maybe not. If we stop for a minute and think about what is going on here, we realize that Jesus is spending his last meal with his friends, and he is pleading with them to love each other despite their own differences and disagreements. That is truly compelling, to say the least. What if we looked at this act of Jesus washing his disciples' feet in a different way or beyond what's just written down? Not just in relationship to the world around us, but also in relation to those people in the church. Maybe even sitting just a couple car doors away from one another. People who maybe have hurt us. Or how about in relationship to those we love? If we can do that, this commandment of loving one another can take us so close to the very heart of the gospel tonight. We must remember that the disciples were not a group of best friends that were hanging out all of the time. They didn't always get along or treat each other the way that Jesus might have wanted them to. In Matthew chapter 20, we read about James and John wanting to sit on the right and left hand sides of Jesus in his kingdom, a mother's request of Jesus. What about in Luke chapter 9 when the disciples are arguing over who among them is the greatest? And that argument comes up again in Luke chapter 22. These were not a group of buddies who went on the weekends to go fishing. Well, they did go fishing together a lot, but not in the way we think of people on a boat with some beer and casting out their lines. No, these were people that came from different social standings. Some were siblings, but these were just normal, everyday people at heart. And they didn't always get along. Sound familiar at all? How many people have ever gotten into an argument with a brother or sister? Has anyone ever gotten into a disagreement with a coworker or a neighbor? Is there anyone here or listening tonight who has ever had a struggle with another member of the church? And keep in mind, I know who serves on which committees. 
in all seriousness, I do not think Christians are all that different from the disciples that were following Jesus. We do not always really understand what Jesus has been telling us. We sometimes lose focus on what is most important that Jesus is trying to show us or tell us even today. We sometimes worry about who is the greatest. But there is another way, the most important way, that we are like the disciples who follow Jesus. And that way is that despite our failings, despite our confusion, despite our very human nature, Jesus still loves us. And Jesus still made the sacrifice of his life to save us. Yes, we may not have been there in that moment, and we didn't have Jesus wash our feet like he did for the disciples. But we have been washed by Jesus. We have been washed in the blood of the Lamb that has made us clean. Clean from our sins and clothed in the everlasting love and grace of Jesus Christ. But just like the disciples were given this commandment to love each other, we too have been challenged by Jesus when he said, Just as I have loved you, so also or so you also must love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love each other. Jesus was telling his disciples that night and is telling us when we read those words that how we act towards one another how we treat each other is how others will see Jesus in us. When we treat each other in this room, other Christians, I shouldn't say this room because there's not many of us in here, but you know what I mean. But when we treat each other, other Christians, and other people who aren't Christians, with love, those who don't fully know about our faith, or who maybe are on the fringes, they will know that we are the followers of Christ. But there is even more to this whole thing. Because it's not just about how we love other Christians, the members in our churches. It is also about how we treat those who are not members of our churches, those who are not Christians. When we treat them with the same love that Jesus has shown to us, then we are taking this commandment to the next level. Yes, we must always treat other Christians with love as an example to the world and to show the love of Jesus in ourselves. We can't forget that part. But when we also show that same kind of love of Jesus, that love that he has shown to us, to the entire world, well, that, my friends, is when the love of God and Jesus Christ shine even brighter and can light up even the darkest corners of the world and the hearts of humanity. That is when love continues to claim victory in a world that has been attacked by sin. That is when peace will have a real, and I mean real, chance to flourish and abound on this globe. 
before we can do that effectively and in long-lasting, meaningful ways, we must first love each other like Jesus loves us. We must first come together as brothers and sisters, the beloved children of God in Christ, and love each other following the examples of Jesus Christ. Yes, family members will bicker and fight. That's normal. That's human. It's okay. But it's only okay if we are still loving each other like Jesus. That means forgiving each other. That means still loving each other. That means not being vengeful towards one another. And that means letting love, God's love, guide us in our relationship with one another. Because that is what Jesus has commanded us to do. Love each other as Jesus has loved us. Forgiveness, sacrifice, mercy. I want you to take a second and think about the last time that you told someone you loved them. I'm guessing it was said maybe to your spouse or a child or grandchild, some other member of your family. You may have even said it to a close friend. But when was the last time you said it, if ever, to someone in the church? And saying it to a spouse or child while you were physically in the church building doesn't count. I'm talking about when was the last time you said it to another Christian gathered in fellowship or in worship? And I know that's a little weird right now because of the pandemic, but I want you to think about that. Here's what I want you to do tonight. This is a night that is all about love, specifically Jesus' love for his disciples and really for all humanity. In a moment, when I tell you, I want you to turn to someone nearby you. If it's someone in a car with you, someone sitting next to you as you're watching this, or if you even have to roll down a car window to be able to speak to a person nearby you, can be two people, groups of three, whatever works. And I want you to do something. I want you to say to each other, I love you as a child of God in Christ Jesus as Christ loves me. Does that make sense? Everybody got it? We're going to go over this one more time. I love you as a child of God in Christ Jesus as Christ loves me. On the count of three, I'd like you to please do this. One, two, three. Wonderful. And I want to tell each and every one of you that I love you as a beloved child of God in Jesus just as Christ loves me. Now we need to go and live into those words we just spoke. We need to take this 
seriously and make the fullest effort that we can. And we must start with how we love each other and then move on to how we love others. How do we love the people who do not identify as Christians? Those who have not yet come to know the love and grace of Jesus Christ and of God. When we can do those two things and do them fully and truthfully as a part of who we are, that is when we are fulfilling the commandment that Jesus has given to us. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, so you also must love each other. Must love each other. Not, well, if you get around to it and it's not too much trouble. Must love each other. When you leave this place this evening, and every day, every moment therein, go and serve God by following this commandment to love one another. Amen. If you would join me in singing our next song, number 614, For the Bread Which You Have Broken. I invite you now to join me in an attitude of prayer. Lord, we come before you this holy night, a night when you taught us how to break bread with one another, when you gave us the commandment to love each other as you have loved us. And we give you thanks for this commandment. We give you thanks for showing us how we are made clean again in you. That no matter what we have done, no matter how far we may think we have fallen away, we can never escape your love and forgiveness and mercy and grace. Lord, this night we lift you all of those who are suffering those who are in need of 
healing, whether physically, emotionally, or mentally. We lift up those who are working to help in that healing and for all of their efforts on behalf of humanity. We lift up the many people who try so hard and give so much to keep us safe in this world. We lift up those who are our leaders in our world and pray that you would guide them in their words and in their actions. We pray that you would help turn their hearts towards the things that will work towards the benefit of all creation and all humanity, not just a select group who have claimed a higher privilege. Lord, we, we come before you this night acknowledging at times that we are much more like Judas than the other disciples. But in truth, we have all betrayed you when we have fallen away. But again, you never hold that against us. You never leave us. You never walk away. You never turn your back. And for that, Lord, we are truly thankful. We ask that you would send your Holy Spirit into our hearts and our minds and our souls. Help us to become the people you intend us to be. The children of God, people of light, resurrection people who can love each other as you have loved us. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. With compassion for our needs, the risen one stands beside us calling our names. Let us with that same mercy bring forth tithes and offerings to relieve the suffering of this world and to proclaim far and wide the good news of resurrection life.
you would please join me in our doxology. Please turn to the page in your bulletin for Holy Communion as we prepare to celebrate the great Thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. From the earth you bring forth bread and create the fruit of the vine. You formed us in your image, delivered us from captivity, and made covenant to be our sovereign God. You fed us manna in the wilderness and gave grapes as evidence of the promised land. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. When we had turned aside from your way and abused your gifts, you gave us in him your crowning gift. Emptying himself that our joy might be full, he fed the hungry, healed the sick, ate with the scorned and forgotten, washed his disciples' feet, and gave a holy meal as a pledge of his abiding presence. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has died. died. Christ, Christ is, is risen. risen. Christ, Christ will, will come, come again. again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. 
through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. And the cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. In the United Methodist Church, we practice open communion. And what that means is that when we do this, we normally are using our altar table. That table doesn't belong to me, to this church. It doesn't belong to our denomination. It belongs to Jesus Christ and Christ alone. And Jesus has welcomed everyone. It doesn't matter what your religious affiliation is. You don't need to be a member of this church, a Methodist, or any other denomination. It doesn't matter your race, your gender, your mental or physical ability. It doesn't matter if you are rich or poor, young or old, baptized or unbaptized. It doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is. All you need to do in order to come to the table and partake is to have an open heart, a heart that is open to knowing and loving Jesus. Now tonight we are continuing with doing our communion at a distance. So if you have children with you, it is at your, the parents or guardians' discretion if they wish for them to receive. Normally in normal times, would also invite our children to come forward for a blessing. But I invite you now to come and join in the feast that Christ has prepared for us, the body and blood of Christ given for you and all the world. Please receive your elements. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery tonight in which you have given yourself to us. We ask that you would grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. If you would please join me in our closing hymn number 618, Let Us Break Bread Together.
Beloved children of God, Jesus has set an example for us to serve others as he has served us and to love one another as he has loved us. Go and do likewise so that everyone can tell that we are his disciples. May God who led Israel out of slavery into freedom, may Christ who led us out of death into life, may the Holy Spirit who leads us out of fear into boldness abide with you this holy Thursday in the holy days ahead and forevermore. Amen. God be with you this holy week.